Hi, everyone. Yes, I know, I know. Where's Brother Reed? <laughs> hey, buddy! The bulletin said Brother Reed this week. Yeah, 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 I know. Looks like you're stuck with old Pastor Andrew. <laughs> because Brother Reed is sick. He's as sick as the story commanded him to be, which is pretty gosh darn sick. Now, I see some disappointed faces. On the tots, most of all. <laughs> Don't worry. Pastor Andrew knew a day like this would eventually come. What are you talking about, Pastor Goofball? <laughs> well, I've been making a Brother Reed robot. Yeah, me, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I've been tinkering in the story's garage, learning to work with my hands, build up the grease of sweat and labor. And I think it's about time you met him. What do you say, everyone? Should, should we meet the robot Brother Reed? <laughs> well, I think they want to see you. Come on out, Robot Brother Reed. Hey, hey! You have some goddamn manners. I've spent months toiling on this. Yes, yes, I know perhaps he doesn't look exactly like Brother Reed. Maybe the face, lovingly sculpted out of raw beef and leather, is a little uncanny valley for some of you. Okay, look. Like it or not, this is your brother Reed today, and you will treat him with respect! Robot Brother Reed, the song, please. Greasy, greasy, give me your story, too. I'm half crazy, oh, for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage, but you look sweet, 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 sweet. Oh no! Fire! 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 My brother Reedbot! Someone get me a cup of grease! Get me a cup of grease, damn it! Yeah, thank you, Devin, you idiot! God damn it! Months of work done the fucking stinker! Well, I'm sorry to all have to watch my brother Reedbot burn and char like that. <laughs> I'm sure the kids will have a hard time forgetting that. Oh, God. Yeah, how his face melted and then dribbled from his metal body as it, as it spasmed uncontrollably, splattering the hot face of gooey flecks like spittle from a man enraptured in the St. Vitus dance. Heck, I might have a hard time forgetting a sight like that. <laughs> <laughs> so for today's story, we have a dear congregant, a wizard, a bruiser, a sensitive young man with a heart full of story, the dear guest preacher, Jake Young. Brother Jake, please approach the pulpit. Oh, I thank you, Pastor Andrew. This is from the Book of Biological Goobers, and it was written by the idea of capitalism itself. This is the prophecy titled... Iron Chernsley. Now, Chernsley would have been fine if he just could have kept watching TV. But they canceled his cable. Uh, Verizon or Infinity or whatever it's called wouldn't even hear him out. He tried to explain, of course. Please, man, you have no idea. I'm not doing well. My son took my fucking wife, man. It was true. The month before, Churnsley's six-year-old son had convinced his mother that Churnsley was an unfit husband. He told the mother Churnsley was lazy, a liar, and, rumor has it, a communist. 
Of course, the boy was at the age where boys want to marry their mommies. Chernsley's boy was just a little more proactive. Chernsley told it all to the Xfinity or Frontier Wireless lady. Uh, they got a condo on Daytona Beach. And the representative probably said, eh, I'm sorry, sir, but that doesn't factor into our decision or something. I don't know. I wasn't there for that part. All I know is that that was the last straw. Chernsley had no life at home anymore. He lost all his money, pilfered by a mere kindergartner. And now he had no distraction. He did the worst thing a fella like him could do. He started drinking at work. That old Chernsley worked at a high-output print company whose name, well, I shouldn't say, eh, let's just call him Instaprint. Big facility, a few floors, about 200 folks, and nearly that many machines. Machines to cut, collate, staple, fold, print, mold, melt, coat, wrap. A device as big as an oven for each job. The whole thing was inefficient. Makes you look back and wonder, how'd they manage? Now, Churnsley wrangled the industrial, hulking things, the cutter, the tri-stapler, the whole press. It was the cutter he was manning when he was his drunkest. Now, the thing is, it should have been hard for Churnsley to do what he did. They got safety precautions built in. Gotta have your foot on the pedal and press a button at the same time to initiate the cut. Makes a big sound, pauses, then, slice! I suspect Churnsley drank himself to that point of drunk masochism where you want to fuck yourself up just to see what happens. How else did his thumb get past that yellow line? Ah! Ah! My thumb! Ah, oh, shit! My thumb! Churnsley went to the hospital, of course, and here's the bad part. Oh, excuse me. Hey, hey there. Can I get a couple more of these for me and my friend here? Ah, uh, gracias. Anyway, here's the bad part. Instaprint didn't bring his thumb. No explanation either. Moses from HR came by, just dropped off a little ball of aluminum foil and took off. Was it the thumb? <laughs> nope. What did the guy bring him? A sandwich? <laughs> That's not what he wants. Well, shoot. Churnsley spent the night in the hospital, and he thinks he knows why they lost his thumb. They know he's been drinking. They've seen his work lately. They ain't gonna cover his medical bills. They're probably making to fire him this very second. The thumb was just a final fuck you. A middle finger, if you will, but a thumb. Despite losing his thumb, and uh, I should say, not just the thumb, hell, it got some of the palm. The lost chunk was like a, like a fleshy little Florida. Uh, anyhow, despite the thumb, he's more worried about his job. He needs his job. Churnsley gets so worried. Oh, well, shucks. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. You know how when a lady gets pregnant, they get all those curious appetites? You know what I mean? A lady might want pickles and sherbet or cumin with apples or, or hell, just some fish skin. It's all because they got something strange inside them, you know, twisting up their insides and stealing their juices. Well, Churnsley was pregnant, all right. But what filled him wasn't a little pre-time. It was fear. Fear mixed up with Churnsley's insides until he got him an appetite. But oh no, he wasn't hungry for food. <laughs> oh no, he wanted something I bet you never even thought about. Aluminum foil. Oh yeah, Churnsley wanted something crisp and cold and crunchy. Something to set his fillings on fire. And wouldn't you know it, that sandwich H.R. Moses brought was wrapped in a handsome ball of lip-smacking aluminum foil. Churnsley took a bite and mm, nom, 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 nom. he swallowed the whole sheet. 
Then he sees the side salad from the hospital dinner. Gross lettuce, but in a mouth-watering aluminum tin. Um, um, down it goes. He's probably thinking to himself, what the hell's going on? I don't eat foil. It's got to scare a fella, but he couldn't stop neither way. Probably worse knowing it's a sickness than thinking it's all right. So the doctor comes in the next morning and you know what he finds? The amputee. Wouldn't an amputee at all. <laughs> yep, you know that part of Churnsley where the thumb once was? Well, overnight, it grew a shiny new tenant. Yes, sir, Churnsley got himself a metal thumb. Oh, but it weren't just a normal thumb. For one thing, it's long. Meets the end of the other fingers and kind of curves down like a shoehorn. And then at the tip, it had a little slot, like a loose thumbnail, but on the wrong side. And if he peered under it, Churnsley could see a mystery hole. Well, the doctor pokes a finger into that slot, you know, asking, oh, hey, what's this? And then the dang thing bites him. <laughs> I mean, that doctor screamed so loud, even I heard it. I tell you, after that, the doctor was yelling at Churnsley, and Churnsley was just looking at him like, what are you mad at me for? <laughs> yeah, Churnsley didn't mean to do a thing. The dang metal thumb did it himself. Now, this new thumb was rotten at home. Churnsley can't open doors with it, can't hold a fork, he tries to wipe with it, you know, even cram some toilet paper in the little slot, maybe see if that helps, and ka-chunk! <laughs> it bit a hole in the paper! Whew. So the next day at work, uh, oh yeah, uh, another one for me, and uh, you want one? No, no, put your card away, the company covers that kind of thing. <laughs> yep, my treat. Uh, so anyway, Instaprint decides to cut his arms off. Huh? What? Oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> I skipped all the way ahead there. Uh, gosh, well, you know, you get a couple of these things in you and you see what happens. Uh, of course, I've been meeting with clients all this week. It's bad for the liver, but uh, good for the wallet. That's what I always say. Anyhow, let me back up. Right, so Chermsley goes to work the next day. And he's trying to hide his new metal thumb, pretend like the whole thing never happened. And when he gets to the hole press, he's got an order of 10,000 keychain carts and need a quarter inch hole, he gets through the first batch okay until, uh-oh, the machine breaks down. Of course, they do that a lot, and then you gotta call the special repair guy, and then, you know, that doesn't come cheap, and then, you know, you're setting yourself back at least a few days, and, you know, just cost and overruns, and uh, it's not my department, but it's you know, just a giant pain in the keister. So, Churnsley steps away from the controls, takes a look at what the machine did to the last card. He's holding it in his hands just like this, right? When, ka-chunk! He looks down, and wouldn't you know it? His thumb went to town on the car. Didn't even have to think. The thing just went for it. So he puts that dang thumb on some others and ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Gosh, a minute later, the whole stack was done. And folks nearby start to watch. He wraps up all 10,000 in a half hour flat. Folks get management over. And when he finishes, it's a goddamn round of applause. Churnsley was feeling good for the first time in his Stupid life. So when Churnsley went home, you think he ate some, some spaghetti? You think he had some pasta? You think he ate a sandwich? Maybe some eggs florentine? Maybe some cereal? You're damn right he didn't. He emptied out his dang recycling bin and started chomp, chomp, chomping on all the metal he could find. Chewed up tinfoil, bottle caps, a six-pack of Krakoa. Then he pulled out his toolbox, 
Yeah, yeah, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, he ate a bunch of screws, swallowed nails, gnawed his screwdriver set down to the nubs. But by the time he was full, he had lost every one of his teeth pulverized into dust. But he enjoyed the feast, liked how it took him away. Felt like he was becoming something better. Something told him he wouldn't be toothless for long. At 8.55 a.m., bright and early, Churnsley walked into the Instaprint factory floor with a new set of chompers. And they weren't normal, not even teeth. Instead, he had a big-ass metal mouth guard, but it had rows of metal sheets, sort of like an armadillo shell. His mouth was permanently four inches wider, both horizontal and vertical. His lips and face were purple with bruises, gums all ragged and stretch-marked. Guess growing metal isn't the easiest thing on human flesh, but you know what? kind of worked for him. I mean, I wouldn't kiss him, but it sure as shit hold his hands. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Churnsley got to his station, and wouldn't you know it, now the cutter isn't working either. He's got 15,000 congressional mailers that needs trimming and folding and... Well, he slips one of them printed papers into his mouth and... He spits out a folded, completely finished, trimmed mailer. Hot damn! One man already doing the work of three machines. Grease slobber is running down his shirt collar. The jaws are a-steaming. Once again, he builds up a crowd, and the management is clapping along with even the hourly folks by the time he's done. So Instaprint, well, they start struggling. That's how it is, ain't it? Yeah, believe me, friend. We know how a business struggles. The price of property around here, the cost of just maintaining, shit. They're looking at shutting down the whole facility, laying off the whole staff if they can't reduce costs 30% by the end of the quarter. They have a big email thread, then a big meeting, and then, well, wouldn't you know it, finally someone says the name Churnsley. They bring the fella in, have a little chat. They say, Churns, can we call you Churns? Listen, Churns, we got a problem. We ain't got money. We ain't got time. But we got you. You're amazing. But do you think you could be more amazing? They chit, they chat, and finally they come to an agreement. Well, it sounds like an agreement anyways. Uh, with them new metal jaw plates, Churnsley couldn't say words with an M, P, or B. Uh, can you imagine always just being like, please help me, help me. <laughs> so they bring churns on to a new bigger position, gets a better insurance plan with a wider coverage, um, more uh, <laughs> options out of network if you get my drift. Anyways, that's when Instaprint decides to cut his arms off. <laughs> I knew he'd get there. Whew. You, you want another? No, no, not a problem. Hey, me casa su casa. So, yeah. And I know you were wondering, this is where I finally come into the story. Churnsley shows up at my part of the hospital, where all the fun stuff happens. Oh, elective surgery, experimental hijinks. <laughs> yep, that's where you see my hand raised sky high. That's my background, and that's why you can trust my word when I say what happened next is remarkable, even under the view of all of my two decades of industry experience. I say, hiya, Churnsley. My name is Dr. Carp Dungaree, and I'll be cutting your arms off. 
and he gives me a look that just says, uh, well, duh, that's what I'm here for. I, I don't know, something about the way he reacted like that, his, his face, it just made me laugh. Ever so often, you just hit it off with a guy, you know? I start cracking up, and he gives me a smirk, and we start hamming each other the way guys ham each other. And, well, we're off to the races. So I snip his arms off. Snip, snip. Wasn't the first arms I cut off, won't be the last. It's what happens after that's important. You see, Churnsley told me about his funny appetites, and I figure, well, this is your lucky day because no more of this hodgepodge of recycling and screwdrivers. I get Churnsley high-grade surgical steel, stainless, handsome, durable. It's that kind of attention of quality that you can expect from me because we put the work in early in processes like this. Churnsley ate about all the scalpels and clamps I could get him, and two days later, yeah, you guessed right. He's got magic metal arms. His right arm was like a big-ass scissor, and it could trim huge stacks of paper in a snap. But with a twist of the wrist, the metal could then flap around like a butterfly knife and zip. Now he's a stapler. He could stapler all up and down anything he wanted. Booklets, newsletters, bulletins, calendars, saddle stitch, binded however you want it, you name it. And that left arm... <laughs> Shoot, it was a rolling network of metal rods and twisting gears. A piece of paper got sucked in one port, twisted around, and came out creased, folded for mailing, turned into envelopes, crimped into origami, or goddamn laminated. It was a left arm you could brag about to anyone, and they'd pull up a chair and listen to what you had to say. The moment they got a look at the new Iron Churnsley, they fired 160 people in his office. <laughs> they even had families. Yeah, serves them right. Sorry, buckos. We're riding the Churnsley train into the 21st century. Now, plenty of management stayed, of course, and they explained to Churnsley, uh, sorry, buddy, this doesn't mean a raise, not exactly. He'd get 3% for inflation if the company was doing well enough, but they couldn't spare no more than that. And wouldn't you know it, he bought it. As long as I can keep my job, he grinned. <laughs> Old Churnsley. That's how we got Churnsley so cheap. A savings which we pass on to you, the consumer. <laughs> but it's not like we didn't sweeten the deal. Churnsley never had to eat an apple or a potato or a kebab or a coleslaw ever again. Not a biscuit, a triscuit, or a popcorn salad. No, I got him the best metal. And it's buying it in bulk that gives us such competitive prices. Heck, you can't afford not to. Yep, Churnsley dropped more pieces of himself uh, because he kept growing new, better, metaler parts. He popped out an eye to make room for a high-definition photo scanner. And his anus became an inkjet printer, making hot diarrhea glosses and handsome matte 11 by 17s. He ate so much metal, he even lost his old metal mandibles and grew new ones. <laughs> yep, we gathered up those metal plates. You goddamn see where I'm going, yeah. You better believe we kept them baby robot teeth. Then one day, Churnsley, he tells me, he goes to the refrigerator at work and, you know, he doesn't eat food, mind you, but he likes his motor oil chilled, so he's gargling oil when he sees in that fridge a bit of aluminum foil. It looked like a sandwich. He, he pulled it out and unwrapped it, and gosh, wouldn't you know it, there it was. It was his thumb. 
It had been rotting away in the fridge this entire time, molded over with a virus black cotton candy web. But he knows that nail bed, that chewed up cuticle, that speckling of pale blonde hair. And he's looking at it all like, huh, I guess it was just a mistake they didn't bring my thumb. Yeah, Churnsley, just a big old mix-up, right? And he thinks about that and feels all this cold metal jutting out from his flesh, growing organically, merged and mutated. He thinks about his son with his wife in Daytona Beach. Imagines how the now eight-year-old is probably barbacking nights at a raunchy boardwalk joint, drunk spring breakers doing belly shots off of his former wife. He knows that not one of them could even remember his name, even if they gave him the first letter as a hint. C for Churnsley. Next day, I come in for a consultation. Churnsley sleeps with the machines, of course, and at night, when the cold gets him a-shivering, he tends to molt. Uh, I've gathered up the scraps of legs that do the embossing, bit of metal fingers that do hole punching, and the butt cheeks for bookbinding. That day, I find an arm, and I'm excited because that means we can finally construct a new Churnsley out of all the discarded parts. Them bits seem to move mighty fine after they fall off the fella, and well, this is exciting. We sold that first new churnslet to the National Enquirer, and they got to let go of a whole division of human labor. But that's besides the point. It's when I get closer to Churnslet Prime that I find the blood. I'm laughing to myself because I figured he didn't have any more, but Lord, he did. Probably all them parts got a little blood in them. You know, one little piece of the original churnslet. Well, then I find the top plate of his skull. Uh-oh, what's that doing there, am I right? Uh, I-, I hope he has a new one, but I get closer and I see that he doesn't. Inside his skull, a metal brain is forming. Little circuits coming together and twisting to form new connections. And in the trash, scooped out like the guts of a blood pumpkin, is Churnsley's brain. I guess he didn't want it anymore. Didn't like his memories, his consciousness. Can't blame him. But you know what was weird? Just like everything else that came off him, the brain was still moving around, you know, just like squishing. Of course it bothers a fella. I knew Churnsley for nearly a year by that point, and we were as close as cousins, cousins maybe. Uh, we ate lunch at the same time. He'd tell me about something he saw online, a video of like a dog smoking a cigarette or something. Uh, Churnsley had a sense of humor. Not, not, not like a laugh a minute, but he'd brew on something and every so often, he'd just get you. Surprising for someone with his, you know, skill set. After he lost that brain, well, it was like he was on airplane You get me? Like, some of his features were there, but he he couldn't connect all the way. His eyes weren't as bright. Churnsley stopped sleeping, and after that, he never spoke again. I said we kept all the parts of Churnsley that fell off, but that's a lie. I buried his brain. Not a full burial or nothing, just a shoebox out in my garden, but uh, the missus had a fit at that, I tell you what. Uh, I worry I'd didn't do enough for him. I, uh, I get scared, you know? Worried that just a dog will dig it up. I wonder if it's still squishing around. 
<laughs> you notice I'm crying, but I don't wipe the tears away. I ain't embarrassed. Churnsley did what he did, and I owe my career, my life, and not to mention the tremendous savings we now provide businesses to that sweet Churnsley. I'm proud to cry, damn it! Instaprint ran their Churnsley 24 hours a day. You can do that with a Churnsley. The man what was once Churnsley dropped off more and more parts and we took them all. Started sharing his cost-slashing benefits with the rest of the industrial world. Now, I know you incur incredible expenses printing those little comics for the bubblegum, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, gosh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Yes? Yeah, yeah right, of course. Jeros T.T. Bighorn. Well, Mrs. T.T. Bighorn, as you see, I know the ins and the outs of the Churnsley market. Yep, I quit the hospital and started on new life hawking Churnsleys. Lot of good money in Churnsleys. The newest iron Churnsleys can replace a whole factory floor of machines in just two square feet. One iron Churnsley can walk to where you need him, do the work of what used to be all of his co-workers, bosses, underlings, and close friends. So hearing all that, Mrs. T.T. Bighorn, as you have witnessed the saga, as you have heard the tale, I only have one question for you. How many can I put you down for? What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, no, you can't buy the original Churnsley. Why? Well, the dang thing's been retired. Well, because we retired him. Where? I don't know, some scrap heap somewhere or other. I don't know. We don't carry outdated models. We're, we're saving you the trouble. There, there were residual problems that popped up in that first batch. Uh, they still had to take shits. Uh, some of them still missed their family. No, no, no. We got everything we needed from Churnsley. We got a good deal. The story must be told. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss the Robo Brother Reed. You might not know this, but but robots grow like like humans. So I made him first as a child. Oh yeah, I've had Brother Reed for 18 whole years. I remember when he was a little Robo boy on my lap. <laughs> I would put him on my shoulder and he'd spit up nuts and bolts after I fed him oil. I I taught him how to fish when he was eight. I I tried to make him eat a fish, but it just hurt his circuits and. I did, in front of him, eat the swim bladder. Not unlike a Navajo would eat the heart of a bison. I talked Robo Reed through his first Robo kiss. I was there to pat his Robo shoulder after his ro first Robo heartbreak. I remember our first fight when, when I begged him not to join the Robo army when he turned 18. And he just went, I need discipline in my life. Why did you wire me without discipline? We made back up. I saw him as a man, and he saw me as a father. And he died in front of you. The robo-messiah of the Church of the Story. He'll be back. He'll be back. Thank 
Thank you for listening to The Story Must Be Told, and this is the pill I take to make me happy. We're proud to be hosted on The Last Podcast Network, and it's funny because this pill looks a lot like another pill that makes me throw up uncontrollably, a spew spew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TSMBTPod, or follow Pastor Andrew, Brother Reed, and Sister Callista on Twitter at PSTRAndrew, at Our Brother Reed, at Sister Callista, two L's. And what you know it, I could use a little pill pick-me-up. Let me just hold both pill bottles, open both of them, and take out one single pill from the happy pill container. Oh, I dropped them all. Buy one of our shirts, including the new Crow Crow shirt. Find the link on our Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can't tell which is which. Why don't they label these? Well, a gulp goal. Rate and review us. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tell your friends about the story. Spread its good deeds. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I took the right pill. I feel great. I feel sound. I feel... This was a Post Everything production. Learn more at posteverythingproductions.com or check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the story must be told. We got short films. <laughs> oh, man, you'd think it would stop, but... We'll be back next week. And yeah, it turns out a big chunky burp makes me happy. Yeah, they're the same pill after all. Oh, uh, we should have said this before. Deacon Adam is a coward. He's a coward of faces. The story must be told. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 